podcast for the next conservative. Uh, I've been on a little hiatus. I was lost thinking of where to go with this, what to do with it. And the the thing that was stopping me the entire time was that the wheel's already in motion. I just needed something to throw in the gas tank to keep it going. And I was looking for formats and ways to do things that I couldn't really figure out anything. I wasn't getting anywhere. And I like talking about conservative subjects or, or things people or some or things conservatives need to know and how to handle certain issues that pop up. And I like doing that. And I, and I liked bringing history into, you know, um, episode four. That was fun because I love history, but I needed to do something else because the current events are also just as important. Not, not more important, but just as important because this election is so critical. America is already heading one direction. We've been heading one direction for a very long time. And now is where we will drop off and go down the cliff. Or we'll see some growth. And if a, a, a Democrat's elected, we're definitely going off that cliff. And if some Republicans are elected, we're definitely going off that cliff. And I, I think I've said before... Um, I support Ted Cruz for president for sure. He is a principled conservative. And that's all I need to know about him. I don't care what he looks like. A lot of people making fun of that. I I don't care that everybody calls him a liar. Everybody hates him in the Senate. It's like, yeah, you know, he went against the establishment. That's why everybody hates him. But I, I've been really worried about Donald Trump these past couple of weeks, especially this last week, because I didn't, I always thought that if he was elected or if he was the nominee, I always thought that he wouldn't be that bad. And I listen to so many sources every day, podcasts, radio shows, videos, I, I supplement everything, Reddit. And the things that are brought up and said about Trump. And I'm not going to talk about the other ones. uh, Rubio or Kasich because they're out anyways. So I just want to talk about Trump right now. But Trump really scares me. And it's, it's everything that Cruz says. Cruz says, you know, you've been donating to Democrats for years. Why do you don't, why do you donate to people? Why would one donate to people? You know, on uh, Twitch.com, I've donated to people. Not, It's because I like them. I want them to succeed. I'll donate, I'll donate somebody $5 and say, keep it up. So what was Donald Trump doing when he was donating to Hillary Clinton? What was he doing when he was donating to the establishment, the Republican establishment? He was saying, I like what you're doing. Keep it up. So... And then you got to go back and look at what were the things going on when he donated. He donated to the establishment when they were trying to pass the Gang of Eight immigration bill. Keep it up. 
He likes it. And he he's so aggressive against immigration. And immigration is easy for me. Um, a lot of people struggle with it. Getting their ideas out about it. But Milton Freeman said you can't have open immigration in a welfare state. And that's because people will come to this country not because it's America, not for the American dream, not to live prosperous lives. They're going to come here to be a part of the welfare state, to get free housing. Now they're getting phones, food stamps, uh, you know, welfare checks. That's why people are coming here now. Not everybody, of course. And America's never been a country of open immigration. I think every immigration wave we've ever had, if you if you go back and look at history, you can, you know, f- find the things that really pushed it. Um, you know, there's a lot of Irish people here in the 1800s, and that's because of the potato famine. That's why they came here. Uh, Germany, after World War One, there's a lot of Germans here. And yeah, that's pretty fascinating. After World War One, they came here because Germany was so broken after it that they came here to, to find a better life. And then, you know, 30 years later, they were their kids of that immigration line was fighting for America against Germany. And just that fact that the sons of those Germans that fought against us in World War One were now fighting for us in World War Two. Like that shows how immigration works in America, but but now it's not working like that. And you know, in the in the nineties, people were in eighties, nineties, sixties, people were escaping from communism. There's a lot of people from Vietnam here, Laos, Cambodia, Venezuela, you know, places like that where the the governments were killing people. So they were coming over here and we allowed them with asylum and that's good immigration for America because those people aren't going to come here and do nothing they're going to come here and work and make a better life but right now we have people that come here for the welfare state and Donald Trump is going to be supporting immigration I know he says oh I'm going to build a wall I'm going to build a wall but the front door is going to be wide open you know I, I heard him say that he's going to have a door it's going to be a magnificent door and it's going to be open. It's like, but we don't need that. We need to close immigration down for a while. For quite a while. For numerous reasons. Not because we don't want those people here. I could care less. I don't care who's in this country. As as a as a personal basis. Like, I, you know, I don't care where that guy's from. I don't care where this girl's from. I don't care. But what I do care about is why why the people are coming here. Because we used to have assimilation. And assimilation would, would bring these people in. It would make them America. The Americans, they had to you know, pass a... I can't remember what that test is. Uh, proficiency test or immigration test to come to America. I took it in high school. I think I got a 98% on it. It's like, it's easy. But you need to know what America's about. 
You need to know that America is about freedom and, and personal liberties and, and not just uh, an open-ended big government welfare state that takes care of everybody and takes money from every, takes money from everybody to take care of everybody else. So back to Donald Trump, he, he's, he's really scaring me. Now, of course, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump over any Democrat. I will never vote Democrat. I will vow that. I will never vote Democrat. So I'm always going to vote Republican. But people got to look at Trump and they got to realize that something's wrong. How could someone be so aggressive towards one thing, but in, in the, you, you know, in the past do other things? Like, what's that about? You can't do stuff like that. And he is. Just reposition my mic. So, anyways. Trump's going to be bad. I think he's going to be a terrible president because I think he's going to expand the federal government. And he's 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 going to, you know, expand these welfare programs instead of cutting them. I'm interested his policies on a lot of things. I'm listening to Mark Levin's book, um, Plunder and Deceit, and it is it's it's amazing, it's blowing my mind, but like for the right reasons, but for all the wrong reasons. Like it's it's literally just scaring the shit out of me just listening to this book. Listening to the book. I, I got an audio book from Audible. So it was free, you can get a one month uh Subscription with Amazon, you get a free book. It was dope, so I took uh, I took that offer up, and got a free book, and I got Mark Levin's Plunder and Deceit. Plunder and Deceit. I think I said receipt. Um, so that's been great. I'm I'm halfway through it, and all the statistics he throws out, all these researches, polls, everything he says just just kind of really scares me in the way this country is heading. And I don't think Trump's going to do anything to stop it. I, th- I think he's he's going to advance it. Just like Obama did. Just like uh, after Reagan, each president has outspent the next in line. Bush outspent Reagan. Uh, Clinton outspent Bush. Bush outspent Clinton. And Obama has spent more money than all of them combined. And we really have nothing to show for it. And it's it's really troubling. How much how much money we've spent and how little we have to show for it. Like sure people have, you know, food stamps and, and uh, Obama phones. Like I, I always thought people were joking when they said that they got a phone from the government. But that that is a real thing. Obama it's not Obama. I should just say Democrats. But there's a program where you can go to the government and get a phone, a cell phone, an iPhone too. You can get an iPhone from the government. And it just blew my mind. Like, my mom, I have an iPhone. I didn't buy it. My mom did. And, like, I could have just got one for free. You know? Like, how is that fair to me? iPhones are, like, 
$800 phones. I don't know which one they got. The new ones are always like six to $800. Let's say they got an older one that's still like $500. And how is that fair to Americans who can't afford phones? And Obama's just giving away phones. So, yeah, really troubling things. But uh, something Mark Levin talks about in his book, Plunder and Deceit, is uh, the minimum wage. And and that's that's the issue I wanted to get to today. Um, it's been in the news for a while. And I, I saw a thing on Reddit. How the... Seattle enacted their minimum wage in, uh, I think, 2014 or 2015. And jobs have just been declining. There was, there was a chart since 2009. Jobs have been going up and up and up in Seattle. And then, boom. Minimum wage sets in. People immediately start losing jobs. And, and the way they're losing jobs is on a serious downslope. And it's got to be ruining the economy in Seattle and in, in Mark Levin's Bush he talks about people that have lost their pensions people are getting laid off because uh, here's a couple of things that happen and I was going to real quick I was going to look up a bunch of, of facts and figures to show in this podcast and I realized I don't need him you know I'm, I'm a conservative I, I, I know about these things if you look at it logically, you can come up to the easiest solutions to these little problems that are, are happening right now. And that's one thing I want to try to do from now on, was just talk about them through conservative eyes and through, through the conservative mind. So one thing that happens is people are going to get fired or laid off so that he can keep people hired. Now, let's put this in your mind. You're a business owner. You pay your people minimum wage. Let's just say 10 bucks. So, you're going to... You hire 10 people. 10 bucks an hour. Um, and then the minimum... You're forced to pay 15 bucks an hour. And you don't make enough money. You, you make enough money to pay the people. Pay your business expenses... And give yourself some money each month as well, right? Because you, you want to make back in a profit. Now, you have to pay the your employees $15 an hour. What do you do? Are you going to take the loss? Are you going to take less money as a business owner? You're the one who set this up in the first place. You're the one taking the risk. Your credit's on the line. Your life is on the line. What are you going to do? One thing I would do... Because I would start firing employees. I would immediately cut my workforce. And um, in Mark Levin's book, he, he, he makes that example. And he also says that when people, you know, one of the Democrats things, people could try to make more money. It's like a business, you, business owners can't just try to make more money. They have to let the market decide how their business does. That's capitalism. If you run a terrible business and you're, you have a product nobody wants, it's going to fail. If you have a great business and you're supplying people with what they want, your business is going to boom. That's simply economics and capitalism. But if you're this business owner, 
what I'm doing is I'm either firing, let's say, 25% of my workforce. So I, I'm, I'm paying the same in salaries each month. Or what I can do is I can just start cutting back hours. Keep the same workforce. But, which means I will have to work more. And the people in my business are going to get less hours and less money. So it's really hard in Seattle... Seattle business owners are like, well, sorry, man, I got to let you go. I guess you'll be out of the workforce now. What do those people do? They go on unemployment or welfare. And when they're there, they're, they're probably going to be making the same amount of money that they did uh, when they were working. And where did that money come from? It comes from the people that were working. So it just keeps expanding this welfare state. So... Seattle's in a, in, in a tough spot right now, and, and that's what Obama wants to do to this country. Oh, man. The minimum wage needs to go up with the economy and down with the economy. That's another thing nobody talks about. The minimum wage should go up with the economy, and it should go down with the economy. Because of the economy's shit, and you're, you can't afford to pay people, and you're going to cut them off. You know, I'd rather have a job working in a recession and take a pay cut instead of just getting fired. You know? So, and, and, and another thing, um, Mark Levin's book, Plunder to See, really talks about what its main focus is um, young people in America right now. And the, the fact that we don't have any jobs so what's raising the minimum wage going to do for people for young people they're not going to be considered for many jobs why why would i hire let's say when i was in high school my senior year i started delivering pizzas so a business or a pizza place needs to hire two drivers because two of their drivers just left are they going to hire a young kid who's never worked before? Or are they going to hire, let's just say me, I'm 24 now, who has experience delivering pizzas and knows what to do? They're going to hire me. Those type of jobs, those type of, of low-skilled jobs, those are for the young people. The busboys, uh, waiters, pizza delivery drivers, fast food workers, store workers. Those jobs should be for the young people. And now we see those jobs going to illegal immigrants and older people who work those jobs when they're younger and they have more experience. It's really hard for kids to get jobs nowadays because they're going up against older people who have more experience or illegal immigrants who are cheaper to pay. And I, that's, that's why this election is just so crucial. If you could read Mark Levin's Plunder and to see it, it gets really, like I said, interesting and frightening. Because I'm one of those young people, right? Like, I worked a pizza delivery driver. That's, like, really the only work experience I've ever had. Like, I'm in college now, but it's not... What am I going to say to somebody? What if What if uh, my college... Or I can't afford to go to college anymore... Just be like, oh, I, I delivered pizzas when I'm trying to get a job at Macy's or something. 
aren't going to hire me. It's going to be really hard for me to get a job, so I might have to do something that I don't know how to do that's terrible work. Or I might even not be considered because they can hire an illegal immigrant to do that for cheaper. So all this time I'm losing out of money. Next thing you know, people go on welfare and then bada bing, bada boom, welfare state keeps going up. So this election, like I said, is either the downfall of America. Because right, right now we're like the ocean. We're just going down, 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 and then there's that cliff where it just drops. And we are almost there. I'm pre- if, if Democrats get elected 2025, this is going to be a terrible year for America. 2025. Nine years. If a Republican gets elected, I think if Trump gets elected, I think, you know, 2030. And if Cruz gets elected, I think we have a lot longer to go. If, if Cruz can get elected, and then we can get another conservative in there, and then maybe another conservative, and the country's booming, people have money, people can do things, there's not as many immigrants here, people won't have to worry about legal immigrants taking their jobs from H-1B visas, that people that work at Disney, or anywhere. Oh, it'd be great. The individual liberties, that would, it'd be so nice. We, we just gotta let Cruz. He's the only one. I think he's always been the only one. He's been the clear choice for me for like a year now. I don't know how long they've been campaigning, but I've always wanted Ted Cruz to run. He was always, he's not the most conservative. And if you check out Conservative Review, I think I think Mike Lee is the most conservative. I think Ted Cruz is a 96% and Mike Lee has 100 And I... I hope uh, Mike Lee runs in eight years when Ted Cruz is done, or or four years if we only get four from him. But please, you know, I want to keep this podcast short because I think my neighbors are mad and banging on my walls. So I think I'm going to cut it off here. A little short one, but I will be trying to get five podcasts up every week. Because I think it's important. I want to get as much content out as I can to, for people to listen to during the election cycle. So that they know how to be the next conservatives and a long line of them. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>